Are you going to start off this one? I like when you said, and we're live. And live. we're live. Yeah, that works. Uh, just a question. Do you think that song played a little bit too long in the intro there? Are you questioning my uh, obsession with Cindy Lauper? I'm not questioning it. Listen I- here, man. She taught me everything I didn't know I needed to know about female self-pleasure back in the day, before I even knew what a female needed to be pleasured for. So you show her the proper respect, and she bop the ass out of here if you're going to disrespect Cindy Lauper. Unless she just wants to have fun, I, I don't that know. That was the low-hanging fruit of the day. There's no, You have to work for the rest of the jokes from now on, okay? Stop. Uh, really quick side note is a couple of, not a couple of months, but maybe about a year ago, I was out in the Portland, Oregon area on business and I shot up a few miles, maybe it was like about two hours north and I hit up little town by the name of Astoria. Ooh. Yeah, right. And as I was driving through Astoria, famous for the filming of the classic movie Goonies. Goonies. I drove up like up the mountains right by like the actual Goonies house and I was playing that song the whole time. You've instantly made me despise you even more if that was possible. (laughs) Thanks for that pal. But then when you get to the Goonies house like they got all these signs like get the hell away from us. Goonies get out. Yeah. We we don't want none of your kind here. They don't like it. Is it it a little hoity-toity now? I do. I don't. I just don't think they like people. I'm sure they get a lot of people like me blasting Cindy Lauper out their car window, just kind of doing circles around that little lot. Do you feel there's like a super meta crossover, like mashup of '80s hits, and somebody just stands outside, a la like John Cryer and or not John Cryer, uh, John Cusack, John Cusack, and say anything, and say anything, yeah. and just blasts that at him. It, it could be. That'd be cool. It would be. I, it would be even cooler driving by in a real pimped out ORV with bullet holes in it. I'd do it. I'd totally do it. Welcome, everyone, to the Nostalgia Wax Podcast. My name is Frank, joined alongside my friend, my co-host, co-host in the Nostalgia, Nostalgia Wax Podcast. It's Josh. Wax on, Josh. Damn it! How you feeling this evening? I thought I was gonna get to say wax on first. It's gonna this be time. hard for Jeez. you to wax. Hard All for right. you to wax me on. Well, sir, you are a waxing expert, <laughs> so please continue waxing nostalgically. <laughs> so, do we have any show notes? Do we have anything we, we need to cover before we jump into? Yes. So. Uh, First of all, thank you to all of our, uh, I'd call you new listeners, but seeing as how it's a new podcast, I don't know if that's, that's necessarily Only listeners? Accurate. Only yes. listeners? Yes. Our, our loyal fan base out there, hello to everyone. Thank you very much for listening. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, we also love the feedback, and as feedback dictates, uh, the sentiment out there was don't bore us, get to the chorus. It seems as if Frank is not as funny as he thinks he is and needs us to speed along things. <laughs> There was also feedback from my wife who said not to cut Frank off. So, Frank, if you'd like the floor for any length of time. I'll just hold it. Okay, hand. that's enough. Thank you. And let's get right into the show. Today's topic. Uh, the point of conversation this evening would be uh, this weekend is actually free comic book day. 
Frank, uh, I mentioned this to you in passing, and you were kind of blown away that there is such a thing as Free Comic Book Day. I had no idea. I'm going to guess mm, a nice percentage of our listeners might not know either. Do you, would you like to elaborate on Free Comic Book Day? Certainly, yes. If you wanted to stop by uh, downtown Clawson and visit Warp 9 Comics, you can please feel free to do so. Uh, it's a great place to go and celebrate Free Comic Book Day. For those of those, for those of you who are uninformed, Free Comic Book Day usually takes place the first Saturday of May. Uh, conveniently enough, this usually coincides with one of the first big summer blockbusters this weekend, obviously going to be Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, in years past, it's been Avengers. I think Captain America fell on one of the, like, one of the Captain America movies fell right around that time. Point being, uh, it's a great time for retailers to try to welcome in new customers and hand away freebies, hand away swag, kind of have like a mini Comic Con in their store proper and just try to draw in a new fan base. Now, you can't just walk into the store, right, and say, hey, I want this comic right here. This is my free comic I want, right? I mean, they have a certain selection of comics you can choose from. I'm glad you brought that up, Frank, because, yes, they do have a selection that you must choose from. Uh, but for the most part, retailers and the comic book companies themselves try to do a good job of mixing in both old and new uh, enough for the young and the old, and have a pretty good diverse selection of different comics for you to choose from. So if you want to take your kid, if you don't have a kid, you just want to go by yourself, you want to take your lady friend, your guy friend, whichever friend you might have. Your lady guy friend. Your lady guy friend. I don't judge. Hey. Hey. Uh, bring whoever you want. But the important thing is to bring them to a comic book shop. Uh, pick up some comics, and hey, maybe it is the gateway drug that you've been looking for to get you into geekdom. But you cannot walk in and request Detective Comics issue one. They will not give that to you. Uh, I don't even think that's the one that's worth the big money. Uh, Whatever. <laughs> there I go again, letting my geek flag fly. So again, that, that being said, uh, in celebration of Free Comic Book Day, I thought that a great point of conversation this evening would be hobbies from our past maybe hobbies that have still bled into our future but nonetheless hobbies from our past that we can go ahead and wax nostalgic on this evening yeah it sounded good to me i know that uh, josh brought this topic to my attention and it was centered around comic book day we started to talk a, a little bit about comics in the past and i realized that uh, i don't have much experience with comics in the past so josh thought hey why not focus this around hobbies in general of the past? And I thought, you know what, Josh, I can wax on about some hobbies. Oh, you can wax on, all right. So uh, just kind of, and again, this, this whole thing is not about necessarily comic books per se, but anything that really gave us the inclination to want to collect, to capture, got to catch them all type mentality, and for me, I gotta honestly say, it may not be necessarily a hobby, but my parents were the one who got me into the collecting slash hoarding mentality when the Star Wars movies came out and they felt the need, and I don't ever have any ill will about this, but they felt the need to decide to bring me home Star Wars figures almost on the daily for both my brother and myself, and... That was kind of, my dad would stop at Kmart on the way home, the old Mart, 
and pick up one or two Star Wars figures and just let us go crazy. So I don't think that I ever had like a full set of Star Wars figures, anything like that. Obviously, uh, a number of them were very heavily played with. So I'm not one of these guys who has any Minton cards sitting around. It was definitely not something that I was collecting for any type of investment at the time because, hey, who who the hell knew? Yeah, let's be honest, especially if you're a child and your dad brings you home a brand new Star Wars figure from Kmart, you're ripping that GHN out of the package almost instantaneously. Yes, very, 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 very quickly. And it's either going to be lost in the Sarlacc pit that is your sandbox, the turtle sandbox out <laughs> back. It is going to be attacked by the, the notorious uh, Cocker Spaniel monster that roams the, the household on a regular basis. Uh, I do still have a Chewbacca with one missing arm, and damn it, that Chewbacca served me well for the longest time. I hate my Cocker Spaniel, and I wasn't about to fish out Chewie's arm from a pile of Cocker Spaniel doo-doo. Nope. But instead, I I still have my one-armed Chewie, and damn it, I love him. That's impressive you still have it, because we're talking, so when these Star Wars toys came out, I mean... That was, we're talking like late 70s into the early 80s. That's your your first edition of these Star Wars toys, right? Most definitely, yes. It was was something that I sit here and I get almost misty-eyed thinking about all the, the great times that I had trying to swindle my brother out of his good Star Wars figures and so I could keep the bad ones. And I'll just say this, full disclosure, one theme that you're going to notice throughout the course of all of these Nostalgia Whack podcasts, I treated my family like ass. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I I was a terrible human being, and I attribute a lot of that to my parents, and they're, um, I'm trying to think of the proper word, because at the time, I certainly appreciated it. But in retrospect, I can see what a, a terrible human being that greed made me and the fact that i needed to have not just my things but everyone else's things and for that uh both thank you and yeah yeah goldie hans nipples you so (laughs) ghn to that so now had you kept chewy in the box um i was i was kind of taking a look and in preparation for the show i was looking at some of these star wars figures because it's nothing i collected but I saw like a collection of like eight of them worth like a couple hundred thousand, not a couple hundred thousand, but between like a couple yes, hundred, a couple hundred thousand, and a thousand dollars <laughs> if it's if they're in somewhat good condition. Are you talking in the package, out of the package? I think, uh, well, depending on if it's in the package or out of the package. Out of the package, obviously, less. We're talking more in the hundreds, depending on the condition. Yes. I mean, Chewie's got to have both his arms. But I'm I'm thinking the one-arm Chewie. You're just going to needle me with this, aren't you? I'm thinking the one-arm Chewie. I don't know. That might might get you a little something-something. It, it's going to get me a lot of something-something because I'm going to hold on to that son of a bitch until I, he's... Uh, you're going to be buried with it, right? Plans may have been made. What's the matter with that? <laughs> Nothing. Not one thing. So uh, that was my gateway drug. Frank, what was your gateway drug? Honestly, when it comes to toys, me personally, I was on the opposite end. I had no collector mentality for toys. 
But what did start get me to collecting things were basketball cards. I'm sorry. Basketball cards? Basket. Basketball cards. I got a basketball card. He's got card. a basketball card. I got a, how long are we into the podcast? No one's listening anymore now. They're totally listening. <laughs> Come on. They love to hear about your basketball card. All right. So what got me into collecting was basketball cards. And I'll tell you, it was one set and one set alone that ignited this fuel inside me. And that was the classic NBA Hoops 90 91 set ah good set i remember it well it's a solid set i remember riding my bike up so i lived at 12 and ryan and right there on the corner of 12 and ryan was a grocery store let's see if you can remember this one grocery store by the name of great scott Ooh, great scott do you remember great scott uh yeah i I was more of an a and p guy but hey great scott was up there great scott was at the corner of 12 and ryan so i would bike my little ass up to great scott doc brown's favorite grocery store just saying just terrible and i would go there and go to the card section you know the card section is usually and i think it still is right there kind of at the checkout yes and I'd grab a pack of NBA hoops. I want to say it set me back maybe like 50 cents at the time, maybe 75 cents, possibly a dollar. I know it wasn't more than a dollar that this pack of cards set me back. Okay. Now, if you were like the fancy kid, though, you didn't opt for the NBA hoops. You know what you went for? I know what I went for. What'd you go for? I went for the skybox, baby. I bet you were one of those. So (laughs) here was me as a kid. And you know what? I've actually honestly kept this mindset as an adult. I would walk into the store. I'd see my friends throw down like basically like three bucks, maybe 350 for a pack of skybox cards, right? Yes. And then I'm looking and I'm thinking, well, shit, I could get like three packs maybe four packs of nba hoops for one pack of skybox cards but do you know what you were missing on those nba hoops cards the gold border the cutting edge computer graphics associated (laughs) with each and every one of those greek goddesses of the basketball court did you know skybox came out it was that year that same 1991 season that's actually when skybox cards came out and set the precedent for premium cards moving forward. Yes, that it, it, I'd say that, and it was right around the same time as for from a baseball standpoint, um, it was Upper Deck came out right around that time. Too, That's if right. I'm not mistaken. Yep, yep. So, so Skybox like, followed closely by Upper Deck. So from a baseball si- standpoint, the big to do for Upper Deck was like the Ken Griffey Jr. Ba- the rookie card, and from a basketball standpoint, yes, it was like NBA hoops and NBA Skybox battling it out. So for me, yes, I was a Skybox guy. And again, the way that my parents spoiled me, and they're the reasons that I'm a terrible human being today, thank you, Mom and Dad, is I actually got a full box of Skybox cards in my Easter basket. Shut your G-H-A-N mouth. Swear to God. Jesus Christ. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you at all. Here's me. And I think my brother got the hoops one. He might have gotten an NBA Did they not like your brother as much? No, they did, but 
I think he, if memory serves, I think, if he didn't get Skybox on, I think he got Hoots. So here's me. I hate you. Uh, so I'm struggling, you know, 75 cents a buck I'm dropping on these cards. I'm going to tell you, I must have invested, I don't know, um, it was it was well over $100 into this NBA hoop set easily. I'm talking easily. And the one card, the one card that prevented me from completing that set, I eventually did complete it. This has a happy ending. But the one card I struggled with was a guard for the San Antonio Spurs by the name of Vinny Del Negro. Vinny Del Negro. Yep, Vinny Del Negro. He was the one card. It's not like he was like an uncommon card either. No, you know, Vinny Del Negro. I had a and so I had a buddy of mine. He had like fifteen of them, right? But would he be kind enough just to give me a Vinny Del Negro? He had fifteen Del Negro. Yeah, because that was the card he just had plentiful amounts of. All right, and was he kind enough to just simply give me Vinny Del Negro? Probably not. No. no, not at all. I had to trade him a David Robinson rookie card. I was going to say, are you going to have to trade him like a Michael Jordan or something? No, no, nope. simply the Admiral. I yeah. had to give him the Admiral, and I finally got Vinny Del Negro. I completed my set. Um, kept... Did he at least give you like all 15 Vinny Del Negro? No, just the one. one. It was wow. a one-for-one trade there. Yeah, kind of. Um, a... And to be completely honest, you know, in the long run, didn't matter anyway. I think that set completed in mint conditions about seven dollars now. But but seriously though, that that's kind of like the first dick move that started to lead to the end of the card industry. Mm-hmm. So one other thing about NBA hoops before we move on, and this is this for the excitement of the viewing, listening audience at home. Um, y'all are gonna get ready to hear Frank lose his shit yes. because I've got a special present for him this evening love me some pre- uh, uh, another present outside of this delicious mint julep you know, i'm just saying it's derby weekend so we're starting it off right so do you remember the jumbo nba hoops yes i do did you collect those at all no i did no, not did not all right hold please wow no way look all right what i'm staring at is the jumbo version of the Michael Jordan 9091 NBA Hoops card. With the stats on the back. This thing is phenomenal. I wow. Found that. How did you even... Why do you have this still this is, is too... my question. So look, if you look, there's like a thumbtack, I think, that went through the top. Like I hung it on my wall for the longest time. Oh, yeah. Um, but I found it going through, when I was moving, I was going through some old books and I found it in one of my old books. Wow. And I have been saving it for this very moment too. This, this, my friend is impressive. Can you imagine the, um, the plastic size of the plastic pages you'd have to put this thing in? Oh yes. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be awesome. It would be (laughs) enormous, but yes. That's awesome. Um, speaking of the plastic pages, were you one of those crazy people? Because I was that didn't keep cards in the very top of the plastic pages because they would bend easier up there. You just kept them in the middle and the bottom. You left the top row blank. You're talking like three card. Binder? I'm talking the three the three card pages. No, I went full on. You went full on. on. Yeah. Okay. I did not. I left the top ones open because they would bend too easy. Because they would bend too easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the most absurd thing I've ever heard. 
You, you sir, are frivolous. We've only started this podcast, my friend. Well, it is not the most absurd well, thing you've heard. It's 20 minutes in. We're, we're getting absurd up in here. <laughs> All right. So NBA Hoops cards, that for me was you know something that was excellent. But what was more excellent, do you remember baseball coins? That I don't. I never collected. You never collected. So for those who are listening at home who may not be familiar, um, basically there were different versions of baseball coins that you could get. There were metal ones that I think were put out by Tops. There were ones that came in manna from heaven known as jerky stuff. Do you remember jerky stuff? (laughs) Yes. Okay. So... (laughs) Jerky stuff, a delicious meat treat that just happened to be all ground up and chopped down like your mama bird has to feed it to you. There were baseball I'm sure there was some mama bird in that Mm, meat. Well, (laughs) beaks and buttholes. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be honest. Beaks and buttholes, okay? That might have to be the word of the day. (laughs) Maybe that's what we use instead of uh, uh, um, Goldie Hawn's nipples. GHM. So jerky stuff would hide these amazing baseball coins at the bottom of all that jerky stuff. So not only did you get a wonderful baseball coin out of it, but you also got to smell like it was jerky stuff all year round. So you could put it in any kind of plastic sleeve you wanted, and it still came out. There was like that nice oily film on the inside of that plastic sleeve. So gross. But by far, the best were the plastic... The little plastic manna from heaven that were the magic flips from the 7-Eleven Slurpees and Big Gulps, I believe. I want to. F- I feel like I remember these. Describe these a little bit more. So you would buy yourself a Slurpee. You would go to 7-Eleven, ride your bike up there with all your buddies, and you would buy a thing of jerky stuff, and you would buy yourself a Slurpee chaser. And on the bottom of the Slurpee cup, there was like a little secret hidden compartment. Mm -hmm. And you'd peel off said hidden compartment, and there was a little coin inside. This I remember. A little magic flick. So you remember how like there was that movement back in the day where you could kind of turn it a certain way, and you'd see a guy like it might show his face in one, and then the other one it would show like him in a batting stance. Or like there were even fancier cards where you could turn them and it would like almost look like you were swinging his bat or yeah. pitching. This is all coming screaming back to me, by yes. the way. Yes, so Slurpee coins were the shiznit. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Those were pretty damn cool. Love me some Slurpee coins. So I, I would be totally remiss if I didn't at least bring that up. The other thing that I have to bring up, and this may require some effort on my part here, but sports talk baseball cards oh dear lord do you remember sports talk baseball cards yeah uh, we're, we're talking about the whole thing the cards we're talking about the machine too right oh we're talking about the machine so explain a little bit to our audience because i i'm guessing there may be some younger listeners who have no clue what sports talk baseball cards were so sports talk baseball was something that LJN put out in cooperation with the the Tops company. That's right, LJN. LJN put it out, and it was essentially a record player, 
and they would glue a small plastic record to the back of baseball cards. So your normal baseball baseball cards were in the size of what, three by five, I think it was. Yeah. These were more like five by eight. Yeah, they were a little bigger. So they were a little bit bigger, and it was from the 1988 set. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Yep. So Jose Canseco, Mark McGuire, Don Mattingly, Don Mattingly. Kevin Seitzer, yeah, Glenn Davis. <laughs> In addition to this. A whole lot of big, like, Hall of Fame caliber players, and it was all hosted by Joe Torre, which was one of the greatest things ever. So, I don't know if you remember back in the day, like, This Week in Baseball? Yep. With Mel Ott? Yep. So, I would watch This Week in Baseball and just revel in, like, the amazingness that it was to be a big league athlete. And hear all the different interviews. So the fact that I could then go out and purchase cards that had interviews with these amazing individuals on the back of them. And all it took was a nice blue plastic record player of just epic proportions. So, so yeah. So you'd put these cards in the... <laughs> now, I remember this because I had one of these, okay? You had one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you'd put it in there, and it'd be like, you know, like Jose Canseco or, you know, Don Mattingly. Uh, you'd have them saying something, right? Or, or they were being introduced and something of that nature. So you'd put it in, you'd hit hit play. Uh, like there was a little button on the side, you clicked it, and it would play uh, the audio and play something interesting that they were saying. I didn't refer to this as... Um, basically, the uh, the sports talk baseball cards. I like to refer to this thing as the demon talk baseball cards. Now, I don't know if it was the fact that maybe my sports talk player was broken, or maybe one of the sixteen double A's that I had to put into it were wearing 16. low on battery. But you know, instead of uh, Jose Canseco coming on there and saying, "Well, you know, three three sliders, I swing three times." No, it was. You will I want your soul. Get the gun, get the gun. Shoot, shoot, shoot. Jesus, God. It was a frightening little machine. Now, for the time it worked, it was cool. But most of the time, there was a demon talking to me. Yeah, I, I think you got a faulty one. Or you, your parents moved you to the apex of hell and... We're, we're waiting to sacrifice you each one at a time. Like, what's that? Why is why is this thing speaking in tongues? I think I'm more disturbed at the fact that you speaking in tongues is really extremely creepy to me right now. <laughs> so, so again, because this is interactive show with Frank. Oh, you got to be kidding me! <laughs> you have got to be kidding. There's no way. There's no possible way. There's a way. And where there's a way, there's also four double A's. So, <laughs> so not 16. Not 16. <laughs> Are they all, do they all have power? Please. I don't, I, I don't want to go back there. I, I said we may need to take a break and investigate this a little bit further. So I think this is the time where we take a small break. Yes. So we good. come back and we demo for everyone. Fact or fiction? Sports talk Demon baseball. Demon machine. Demon machine or the greatest thing that sports cards never used after that. Okay. 
And we're back from the most depressing bake of all time. So, yes, it is delivered from a demon from hell. That demon from hell said, hey, guess what? Your audio still works, but the motor on the freaking record player does not. I was going to be like I was going to be very impressed had that machine still operated. Well, maybe it's just, you know, there's a holy battle brewing here and you were right that it was in fact a demon seed from hell that was brought to earth to wreak havoc on poor haggard souls and an angel came down from the heavens and powered us through the eternal glory of God and saved young Franklin from his demons. <laughs> that was good. Here's also why I'm irritated at you. Not for the sheer fact that you still have that demon machine over there. But do you... No, you probably don't. Because your parents just probably bought you the cards. You know those things were like four bucks a pack and you got four cards in them? But the cool thing about it, in fairness, was you knew who you were getting. All right, I'll give you that. Like, it, it didn't make you guess for it. You paid the $4 and you knew on the outside of the pack which four players you were going to get. But yes. still, it was $4 for four cards. And as you could see, the only Tiger that I ever had was Sparky Anderson, which, hey, if you got to have one, that's only, the one that's to have. That's the one you want. But young me back in the day would have killed for a Matt Noakes card. Instead, I had to listen to Jose Canseco talk about how great Matt Noakes was and how Matt Noakes should have won the Rookie of the Year. Yeah, no shit. Looking back on that, thanks, Jose, thanks for that one, prick. I don't mean to get surly, people, but listen, Jose Canseco, go inject something else in your ass. So, <laughs> so I forgot to mention it earlier, but you said LJ, LJN, and I totally forgot LGN, LJN made, made this machine. Um, because what I associate LG... Why do I can't, can't even talk? What I associate LGN with more so than... JN. What I associate LJN with... More so than anything, is the awful licensed video games that they produced. Do you remember this? I was really hoping you were going another way because I got, I got, damn impersonations to go for days if you went the other route. <laughs> That's okay. The, yeah, the terrible video games they produced. They did like Friday the Thirteenth. They did uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. They did Back to the Future. And with these games, it was as if the people who developed the games were, like, handed a loose script of what the film he was. He plays hockey, huh? Okay, cool. <laughs> like, what the film was about and then made a game around it. Like, I remember playing Back to the Future. And um, do you remember watching Back to the Future, the movie? Do you remember that time where Marty McFly gets chased in by that bowling ball? And that bowling ball tries to kill him? No, I don't remember that either. But you know what? That's in the Back to the Future game. Do you remember that one time in Friday the 13th when the counselors were running away from skeletons and werewolves and spooky bats and there were ghosts? Jason's got a crew. What, just because he's an ugly guy with hockey mask on? He can't have some friends? He can't have himself a wolfman friend? You wonder, LJN, why you went under. So, okay, in, in closing for LJN's wonderful sports talk, baseball uh tune in to a future episode of nostalgia wax podcast where josh goes back and buys ghn he doesn't need to buy and wastes a lot of money on it so he can have a complete set for no apparent reason other you. than to taunt frank thank you 
So what do we got next? Next up on the agenda, I think we have to discuss, uh, and again, I'm not trying to hog said podcast this evening. By, you know what? You are a bigger dork than I am. Let me well, hey. throw that in. It, I'm, I'm sitting. I, I mean, we're in your basement right now. I can't look anywhere without running into a Star Wars action figure cutouts of Bobo Fett, Princess Leia, and the gold bikini, which I can't blame you for. Why is that not in your bedroom? It's, it's, it's Jango Fett. All right. Dude, seriously? <laughs> Sorry. See, this is what I'm talking I about. I have OCD. It would have bothered me all night if I didn't just at least issue proper. All right. Continue. So I had, the, in in addition to my parents enabling me, I went to Warren Woods High School at the prestigious corner of Twelve and Shaner. Yeah. In the mean streets of Warren. Yeah. The Warren Woods. The. Not any woods around there. But it's Warren Woods still. Had I stayed in that area, I would have gone to the Warren Mott. Oh, and I would have gone to Warren Tower, and we would have feuded. We would have fought. I think Mott was the Marauders, and what was Tower? The the, the bullies who picked on Fat Josh. <laughs> and right. by Fat Josh, I don't mean like a cool Christian hip-hop rapper. Like, no, I mean like Fat Josh in terms of, hey, Tubby. You look like you've been drinking beer. And maybe if young Josh would have been drinking beer, it would have soothed all the years of anguish and torment that he had to deal with. But no. Instead, anyway, the point is, I had a cool homeroom class where the teacher, and God bless him, I can't remember his name, sold us all cards. So we could place an order with him one week. And the next week, he would deliver said product. It was the best thing Short of, like, your chemistry teacher being Heisenberg back in the day. This is weird. It was amazing. Yeah, well, I well, no, as a kid, it's amazing. And you look back on it, and it's kind of strange. Yes, it was totally strange. <laughs> if there was some heavy petting going on back behind a Bunsen burner, I do not know. I don't want to know. But all I know is that I got me some Troy Aikman Pro Set cards, and the other people did not. And that's not to say that I had to give anything up for it. Now, is this a situation, though, looking back, and if other kids at the time were subjected to any form of abuse, so to say, does this make you jealous that you weren't one of the kids selected? Uh, No, definitely not jealous. But I'm not culpable either, damn it. That, that's not gonna you're, you're not gonna hang that one on me <laughs> if somebody's working through some shit right now out there i'm sorry but i still got me an emmett smith to go along with troy <laughs> and a barry sanders yeah well good for you okay <laughs> you know thinky bat though i mean all these things were great about sports cards but there may have been one thing that might be a little bit greater late on me well, no, I, I think you should really lay it on me because we sit here and we talk about investments and we've kind of hinted about the different things that have killed the industry. The, there's no more trading cards. You can't get them willy-nilly. There's just no thrill about them. Now it like shows up at the Target checkouts and it's like over on the side and it's almost as if it's turned into like the dirty magazine section 
or the dirty video section in a video store. It's like nobody ever wants to really go over and see that section of Target or Walmart to see if there's anything worth buying as far as trading cards are concerned. Sure. So the market first started dying, in my humble opinion, when people started, oh, maybe this will be worth something someday. And there wasn't any way to tell how much something was going to be worth someday unless you had yourself. A Beckett. A Beckett. God bless Beckett. Now, that's one thing. uh, When you had mentioned comics to me a while ago, talking about Free Comic Day, I remember always going up to the comic book shop, and the one thing that I was always looking for, which came out, I don't know, weekly, maybe even bi-weekly, they updated this Beckett sports book? I I think it was monthly, but then they spun off and they started doing not just the full book. There was baseball, there was hockey. So those may have come out on a different basis. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. But anytime I went up to the comic shop, it was not to buy comics. It was to go check and see how well my basketball cards were doing and whether or not that David Robinson was increasing by fractions of a cent. It was like looking at like a like a like the stock market on printed form. Like you had little up arrows if it was going up, if the price was going down, little down arrows. And it was just it was so exciting. It was a it was something to then, you know, run back to my to my mom, because I didn't buy the Beckett and no, I just perused it in the comic book store. But run back and say, Mom, mom, mom Look, this card went up two cents. Two cents, Mom. And I've got doubles. I've got so a whole got... shoebox full. Vinny Del Negro. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to be able to go to college. <laughs> this is going to pay for itself, Mom. Uh, whole, again, whole NBA hoop set is worth $7 in mint condition. <laughs> so I, I couldn't agree with you more. It was exactly like watching the stock market, except the fact that it was all fixed. Because the people who ran Beckett then turned around and instead of like, hey, your David Robinson rookie is worth like $11 this week. Well, guess what could make it worth even more? If you put it inside this awesome plastic and you never touched it again. Yeah. And that's going to make it worth even more. And hey, by the way, you can pay us $75 and we'll take care of that for you. But guess what? You'll never be able to touch it again. No one will ever be able to. You know those fingerprints? Damn those fingerprints. You can't touch those cards without ever having clean hands. Mm-hmm. Your human oils, the essential oils on your said person, are going to deteriorate David Robinson to the point where he's not going to be able to ever have an NBA career worthwhile. So I had a friend, and her dad was a big card collector. I think mainly basketball and baseball. And he her house was actually on the way home from the comic book store so a lot of times we would stop in and it was not to to see her uh it was actually more so to see the dad right he's such a freaking nerd so we stopped in and we saw her dad and her dad would then you know show us all the cards he had and guess what was his prized possession i can only imagine well it was a Fleer card. A Fleer card. F-L-E-E-R. Not not an Opeachy Premier? No, it wasn't an Opeachy Premier. It was a Fleer card. 1986 Michael Jordan rookie. 
Was Fleer the one that was worth a lot of money? Mm-hmm. Okay. Fleer was the one. We would always check it in the Beckett books, and back at that time, we're talking like 92, 93-ish, it was worth a um, couple hundred, close to like a thousand, that rookie card was worth in the early 90s. I looked that card up most recently. Do you know what it went for? Uh, $600. If it was a grade 10 condition. So it had to be graded. So, so, it, had, had to be so it had to be graded. And if it, was, if it was graded at a 10, this card went and was sold for over $100,000. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. Nope. What do you mean, no? I, I refuse to believe that. <laughs> Listen to me. You know who would have had to have bought that is a single man. Well, I'm sure there's plenty because of those out no there. Because there's no woman out there who would ever allow a husband to spend $100,000 for a 3 by 5 piece of cardboard. I'm sure collectively I think my wife spent about $100,000 at Free People already. It's what, what? what is it? Free People. It's a clothing store. They sell $80 t-shirts. This is not the podcast to bring this up on. I'm so just saying. I, I, I respectfully forward this topic, and we will table it. We'll never talk about this ever again. Okay. This was the one time. Hi, Mandy. You never, you should never hear this. So, in addition to not only sports cards, there were also a bevy of other cards out there that I collected. One of the things that helped me get all of them around, did you ever have like a card carrying case? No, I never had the card carrying case outside of the the plastic sheets that I would put my uh, sports cards in. So but like you were a binder guy. I was a binder guy. Yeah. Okay. I I was, I don't want to say that I was not a binder guy because I did have certain sets that I would keep in binders. But I was also like a card case guy. And I remember having this big plastic baseball shaped white monstrosity. You remember for Kenner action figures, like the Darth Vader head, the plastic head that you would store all your figures in? Yep. This was very much the same thing, except it was shaped as a baseball. So it like had like a baseball stand and a baseball up top. And you opened it up and you could put little shelves in and stack your cards. It was very interesting. Yes. These were obviously cards, though, you didn't want to keep in good conditions because I'm sure they bounced all around. Corners got bent. back then. None of us knew. None of us knew. Well, I actually kind of did because I kept my cards in a nice, neat binder. And I kept my sports talk in great condition, too, until... Yeah, until the the demons took over. The demons took it over. (laughs) So... Again, going back to the non-sports talk cards. Sure. What'd you collect? I collected a lot of movie cards. Okay. So I I remember vividly collecting Batman cards. I do remember Batman cards. Uh, In in honor, again, of Cyndi Lauper earlier in this podcast, I collected me some Goonies cards. Never collected Goonies cards. Didn't even know those things existed. Oh, they existed, my friend. (laughs) Listen to this. So this is this was my pet peeve about movie cards. Because once it happened with the Goonies, then it started spreading out to other movies that I noticed. 
But one of my prized possessions growing up, and you have to remember that you would collect these right around the same time that the movie was out. Yeah. So a lot of times you may like buy a bunch of cards and you may like, the cool thing about cards back then was the fact that you would go and you could read like a synopsis of like that particular scene or something about, you know, the Joker's a bad guy because of this. Or, you know, Mikey has asthma and he uses this type of inhaler. Yeah. This, the Goonies set, had a picture of a giant octopus. Oh, the giant octopus. The giant octopus. From the end of the movie. I remember it. But there was no octopus at the end of the movie. Never an octopus. It was so frustrating, but yet it was still referenced in the main movie. Now, have we looked this up in like some kind of director's cut? Oh, yeah. Is no, there they, some kind of octopus? They there was an octopus. There was absolutely an octopus. They put out a trading card of the octopus. The actors were heavily involved with the scene with the octopus to the point where they were really upset because they like it was like a couple days of shooting, and then they cut the octopus, so they had to cut all reference of the octopus. Hey, great job, guys. You missed that one part where she's only talking about it on the beach, but... Does she reference the octopus she does, on the beach? Yes, all the octopus. Yeah, when they're, they're being interviewed by the, the press. She oh, brings up I, an octopus. I thought she was just like exaggerating because she wanted more screen time. Oh, or, not at or, all. Or, you know, like uh, news time. Like that was built into the script. No, not at all. No. No, G-H-N. There yes. was an octopus. There was an octopus. Wow. Totally wow. You learn something new every day. No, you learned something new back in the day when you bought yourself some Goonies <laughs> trading cards. You learned that your, your life is a lie in the theaters. It was extreme lie, and I felt swindled. I felt hoodwinked. I felt bamboozled. Plymouth Rock didn't land on us. It landed on my sorry ass back in 1980-whatever when the Goonies trading card set came out. Hoodwinked. It's a great word. I prefer bamboozled. They're both. They're, I mean, it's equally great. It's not. It's no painted harlot. Let's be honest. <laughs> it's well. Then again, what is a painted harlot, right? I still don't know what a painted <laughs> harlot is. Probably a woman of ill repute. So I, I, I did collect Batman. Uh, the other cards I remember collecting, movie wise, uh, Gremlins two. So I was a big fan of the Gremlins two card set. Had a bunch of bunch of those. When it comes to collecting cards. Talking about this, talking about all the great cards that we were able to collect reminds me of the cards I wasn't allowed to collect. Now, it seems like growing up in your household, it was like, you know, card, like Lord of the Flies, whatever you want to do. Are you calling me piggy? <laughs> you son of a bitch. Get out of my house right now. It's like whatever you want to do or whatever you, you want to spend money on, you can. Um, we weren't churching up in here. I guess not. So there were uh, there was one thing that really stands out in, in my mind. Um, one set of cards, and there's actually two cards I, I want to talk about, but or two sets of cards I want to talk about, but the ones that really stand out, the ones that were absolutely 100% outlawed in my home as a child were garbage pail kids. Now, I'm guessing that you had every single one of these cards growing up? No, I by no means did I have every single one. I, I had plenty. It wasn't a complete set type thing. You were allowed to collect them, like, you know, like, like a normal child. I, I'm just curious. So this is what always amazed me, and I remember, like, 
one of the first girls that I dated back in high school, like her parents didn't allow her to eat sugary cereal. And hey, and my parents not allowed me to eat sugary <laughs> cereal. Let's be honest. Life might be a bit different for Josh. You take these away from me before I have a chance. I, I have to. It's self-deprecation <laughs> this, was, at its finest. I was going to say this is a practiced art. Yes, it is. I, believe me, you don't get to this point in life without <laughs> a, a, a double bypass or B, being able to make yourself the butt of the joke before somebody makes your butt the joke. I gotcha. Uh, but I always wonder... Why certain parents have like certain parenting styles, and I don't begrudge any parent by any means. Parenting is a very difficult job, and I respect all parents, not mine, but I respect most parents <laughs> and hope that they're doing what's best for their kids and their kids don't come out with a complex. You seem like a normal guy, so maybe the garbage pail kids thing worked? Question mark? Maybe. I was always jealous, and obviously I still saw the Garbage Pail Kids. Come on now. All I'd have to do is go over to my friend's house and look at his set of Garbage Pail Kids and look at them and be awed and ood. And here's one thing. I, I love the cards. They were cool. I mean, they were really, really cool. You know what wasn't cool? Whatever the f- GHN, that terrifying movie was that they came out with, Garbage Come Pail on. Kids. Come Gator? He was Alligator! That's the stuff of nightmares. Go back and watch that trailer. Anyone listening to this, go back and watch the Garbage Pail Kids trailer and tell me that's not that wasn't originally a horror film that they then decided to say, hey, this is funny. And you'll even notice in the trailer, like when you when you watch this thing, they've got the voiceover is like, I think purposefully like elevating the voice so it makes so it eases the te- easing the tension baby so it eases the tension and and makes you not as frightened because that's as we mentioned in previous podcast podcast that's that's nightmare town there welcome to nightmare town <laughs> population me and all the other scary ghn in it <laughs> that was terrifying listen so i remember renting uh, quote unquote renting the garbage pail kids movie from my local library library yeah <laughs> that's uh, that's the only places that stocked that was the local library so wasn't the kid that was in that wasn't that the kid who was also on like facts of life after facts of life had pretty much run its course and tootie was no longer cute and tootie like was ready to go off and start like banging one of okay. the <laughs> the cosby kids or I something think so yes yeah so then they had to bring in a reinforcements to make it cute again, and they brought this kid in who had just run with a gang of 20 street hoods in the Garbage Pail Kids. The thing that I was confused about, so the Garbage Pail Kids, and maybe you'll remember this, maybe you won't because you didn't collect them, but there was essentially like one card, and they did two separate names for it. Oh, yeah, 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 I know what you're talking about, So there yeah. was like Valerie Vomit and something like something pukey or something, I don't know. And, yeah, and oh, Pauline and, Puke. And yes, and like Valerie Vomit. Lucas, like, it's the same card. Lucas Mucus and Adam Bomb and yeah, it was it was weird, but I was like, who who was the brainiac that sat here and said, my God, not only is that a funny name, I've got another funny name and God bless it, we're not going to forego waiting to put out another original artwork no we're just going to double up on the names like 
there was zero thought about the money. You could have easily just like commissioned a new art piece and put out a different one. No, they make it to where it's like some kind of incentive-based trade. I don't know. They didn't care. They're making hand over fist with those cards. I mean, what was it to produce those cards next to nothing? Oh, well, they were stickers, first of all. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they weren't even cards. They yeah, were stickers. They I completely forgot. Yeah. So, like, you didn't have to invest a whole lot as far as your card stock was concerned. All you need to do is put it on a sticker back material, and you're all set. I remember vividly sticking Garbage Pail Kids on my headboard as a youngster. Of course you did. Yes, because who doesn't want to fall asleep to, you know... Um... Nightmare children. <laughs> God. <laughs> yes. The, the sad thing is, like, I can't remember every single Garbage Pail Kid name. Of course not. I remember vividly, like, the different images of them. Like, so there was the guy who had the, the baseballs, and he, he was a baseball In his player. mouth, like he was and smiling like, yes, with them. Yes, he was yeah. smiling, yeah. yes, and he had, like, you know, he, whatever he was named. Bobby Baseball. I remember the guy who was, like, Rambo, and he had, like, a little mohawk, maybe, or a bald head. And he had, like, a huge AK-47. Yep. He might have been smoking a cigar, if mm-hmm. memory serves. Mm-hmm. Steve Smokey. I remember Smokey. the girl who lived in a toilet. Yeah, toilet Tanya. who looked like a... <laughs> you got all these, see? Your parents, they're they are not happy right now. I can no, assure I, you. <laughs> you didn't let them listen to this, did you? <laughs> no. You, you're going to get in trouble when you get all, go home? No, not at all. Okay. Also, I just could have written for Garbage Bell Kids because I'm just making these up. <laughs> well, there you go, folks. There you go. <laughs> So, so all right. Uh, now, I want to talk about one more card set that I wasn't able to get, unless you have something else to add to the Garbage Pail Kids. I don't have anything to add to the Garbage Pail Kids. I'm just concerned about you jumping around in your seat right now. I think you might need a break. I don't know. Are you okay? I'm okay. Are you okay? I'm okay. Your big boy pants are on. Yeah, they are. All right. Um, I'm just so anxious to talk about more cards that I wasn't able to, to collect that probably you were. Take it away. So the other set that, um, again, from Tops, like Tops had the market cornered with all of these, I swear. Like all of these were Tops cards, by the way. The other set was a set of cards called Dinosaur Attacks. Have you, have you, do you know anything about these cards? I do not. All right. So they came out in 1988, Dinosaur, uh, Dinosaur's Attack. And basically, what it what it showed were humans being attacked by dinosaurs, but in the most like grotesque and horrible way. Like we talk about cards that stand out in our minds. The one card that stands out in my mind from this dinosaurs attack set is called Nuptial Nightmare. And what it does... To the Google machine, people. What it does is it shows a triceratops basically bursting into a chapel and impaled on either of the side horns. Impaled on one side is the groom. Impaled on the other side is the bride. The dinosaur is trampling, I don't know, maybe the father of the bride or something, right? And there's just blood squirting everywhere, the cake's being knocked over. That was the biggest travesty of that picture is the the wedding cake gets toppled. But it was pictures like that. It was cards like that throughout the whole series. It just depicted just dinosaurs eating people, tearing out people's eyes. It was... It was awesome. It was really cool. I got it. I'm trying to find this right. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you looking at it right now? I remember I came home with one pack. <laughs> okay, <it's> just... 
They are. They're impaled on the porch. I said, first of all, all right. Again, as a nerd, Triceratops, weren't they freaking herbivores? Vegisaurs. It, it, it didn't matter. Vegisaur, he's got tyrannical teeth. <laughs> it didn't matter. It, it, Look it, at the poor little old man down here getting Yeah, you see, I told you. Yeah, that's it. He's getting. Yeah, yeah, that's the one that stands in my mind. And the guy's taking a picture. That, save them. Save them, sir. No, he was paid to take pictures at that wedding, Josh. Well, who and by the God, cake? he's going to take pictures. This is awful. Awful, awfully awesome, right? I got to admit, when you said that it was a, a set called Dinosaurs Attack, I was hopeful that it was the ABC series and it was the little tiny baby dinosaur. And he not was the just, mama? Yes, not the mama. I was hopeful that, oh, what's this one? The past comes alive. Oh, and it's looking like a, a, a Nessie or something. A plesiosaur? Was that was that the another? One? Yeah, another herbivore that's uh, that's taking down a bridge. Taking down a bridge. And it seems like there's some some uh, some military what's airplanes that? attacking. So yeah, I, I brought one package of this home. Opened it up. Was looking through them. I think my mom found them and just lost her mind. And that was it for dinosaurs attack. I never got to complete the set. Those were outlawed. Here's another cool little fact about Dinosaurs Attack. Which one are you looking at now? Entombed. Entombed. I don't even know what's going on here. Somehow this guy has like somehow <laughs> merged his way the... out. Yes, he's, he's, he's part merged of the Tyrannosaurus. The... I don't know. And don't... I like this guy. Look at him. He's handling his six-shooter. I'm going to shoot you. Don't question it. And please, viewers, definitely Google Dinosaurs Attack yes. and take a look through those pictures. Yes, Dinosaurs Attack cards. They're interesting. So, fun little fact about uh, Dinosaurs Attack. It was actually supposed to be a movie. They were turning this card set into a movie, and it was going to be directed by Tim Burton. It was set to launch... Uh, very shortly after 1993, they had pre-production all set up for it. And then, you know, it came out in 1993. We talked about oh, it on last podcast. Yes. Uh, that shattered anyone's plans to do any sort of dinosaur movie because the bar was set pretty damn high with but, I mean, Jurassic let, Park. Let's face it. If it was a Tim Burton movie, then they would have probably had like scissor hands or sang songs about Halloween and Christmas and... Well, guess what Tim Burton Had did? a giant peach rolling around somehow. Guess what Tim Burton did instead? Instead of Dinosaurs Attacks, uh, he did a film based on a card series that Dinosaurs Attack was inspired by, and that was Mars Attacks. Oh. So he ended up doing a Mars Attacks films instead of the uh, Dinosaurs Attack. Okay. So, See, little fun I, fact. I learned something new tonight. Yeah, we both did. We learned wow. lots, didn't we? So I, I'd be remiss. We we started off the show talking about Comic Book Day. We did. Comic Book Day. We did. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention comic books and and my beginnings sure. into the comic book world. Let's talk about it. I, I gotta be honest. I wasn't huge in comics as a kid. I didn't follow stories. I didn't have the patience to wait for new stories to start. I didn't have a comic book shop that was around where I could go to on a regular basis other than, say, like 7-Eleven. And the 7-Eleven racks, let's be honest, it was, it was terrible. It was very inconsistent. You couldn't depend on making a collection out of anything. So I would no. be very sporadic in terms of my purchases when it sure. came to comic books. But the one thing that I always bought, regardless of whether or not um, 
there was a new one or it was an old one were Secret Files and Origins and the Secret Handbook to the Marvel Universe. So this, okay, so that's Marvel. And this yes. is back when? This was like late 80s, early 90s. See, now correct me if I... Well, I'm... no, Secret Files and Origins would have been DC as well. Okay. Yeah, so it was kind of the same thing where it really didn't tell a story, but it told like the history of certain characters. Now back then, now correct me if I'm wrong, because you mentioned DC, you mentioned Marvel. Now, I think DC was more the prominent one and was Marvel more niche, if you will? For sure, yeah. I, I would totally agree with that. They had the superpower shows, uh, the, the superpower action figure line, the Super Friends cartoon shows, all that good stuff. So you, technically, as a child, kind of ahead of the game there, getting interested in the Marvel stuff. See, but I was more like of a DC guy back then. Well, of course, everyone was. I, I, I'm a corporate shill. I won't lie. I, I'm Who's popular now? Hey. Let's go towards that. Yes, I love me some Marvel movies. Uh, DC's probably a better comic book today, but uh, yeah, I, I really don't care. But I like the things that I didn't really have to follow along on a, a monthly basis. And it wasn't until later in life that I started collecting comics on a monthly basis. And it infuriated me that I ever even started due to the fact that you would run into situations where certain creators would leave a book. Either artists wouldn't be on time with their delivery. So halfway through a story arc, uh, artists would drop off or you'd get to the end of a story arc and it, like you've just invested, say, four books. You've bought four books worth of this story, and it didn't resolve the way that you wanted it to. So it was, like, frustrating. So it was just, like, you essentially got strung along, and on prom night, you didn't get anything at the end. It was totally disappointing. What do you think? This is homecoming, bitch? I paid $50 for that ticket. I expect something at the end of the night. So not not, not only that, like, you, they kind of string you along, but... Isn't there situations where it'll be like, there'll be a, a story arc, but it's even spread across different comics? So it'll be like issue number 46 of Batman, but then you want the next story, it's issue number th five of this Flash series yeah. sometimes. Does that happen? So I think what you're talking about are like the big crossover events, which really started coming into prominence back in the late 80s, early 90s. Things like um, Infinite Crisis or Crisis on Infinite Earths, excuse me, Infinity Gauntlet, which, you know, now they're starting to get around to wanting to do those in, like, the movie universe. But, yes, you would have to buy, like, there was the one overarching storyline, and then it would bleed over into the different ongoing comics. Yeah, see, no. With my mind and my OCD tendencies occasionally, that stuff would drive me nuts. I couldn't do it. That's probably one of the reasons that I'm not into it. And that's one of the reasons that I don't collect comics today. Uh, I collect one comic, and even that is still kind of not something I'm happy about due to the fact that it's just extremely frustrating when I read the story. And, yeah, I just I won't bring it up. I care not to talk about it here. Well, this, <laughs> this really upsets you, huh? Yeah, and this is the Nostalgia Wax podcast, and we're not going to talk about GHN. It's terrible today. Can I talk about the only two comics I ever bought then? Yes. Okay. Only two comics I ever uh, ever bought. I bought, and this is very, very young, Frank. 
walks into the comic book shop, goes up there, says, I'm going to go buy a comic because I saw some kid do it in a movie. So So I'm going to go do it. Were you wearing a shiny shirt at the time? Not yet. Hadn't reached that level. So I walked into the comic book shop and I purchased a comic. And that comic, I purchased two. One of them was the very first issue of Child's Play 2. Oh, they needed more than one issue to capture? I want to say there were four issues. Come on. I swear. And I bought the very first issue of Predator 2. Now, both of these comics, mind you, not really comics, but just adaptations of movies. Now, as a very young child, let me tell you, thought I was getting away with something buying these things. It was almost like I was leaving the store with a six-pack of beer after getting done watching an R-rated film. Sounds delicious. Right? So I bring these home, and in my mind, here's what I'm used to with comics, right? This we're, All I think of when I think of comics is like more kind of golden age, silver age, like superhero comics. That's where my mind is. So bright colors, big panels. That's what I'm picturing. I open up the Child's Play 2, the Predator 2 books, and oh, mama. Okay, especially the Predator 2. I'm flipping through this thing. They got sex. They got violence. It's like a flipping Edge t-shirt from the WWE. They got blood. They got nudity. Like, I I thought I was doing something very, very wrong, which, you know, at the age of, you know, I think I was about 9, 10, you know, that's... probably, maybe, shouldn't be looking at that. So needless to say, I hid those comics, but those are the only two comics I ever bought, and let me tell you. Wait, 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 wait. You hid the comics. Yeah, I had to hide them. If my mom came and she saw exposed nipples inside this comic book, she would have lost her mind. You you thought she got mad about the Garbage Pail Kids. Are you kidding me? Okay, there were no nipples exposed on Garbage Pail Kids, at least that I can remember. I suddenly have there, There was no nipple Nancy. Nipple Goldie? <laughs> I suddenly have this this vision of your mother, and I've never met the woman, God bless her, and, you know, I hope she's doing well. Uh, <laughs> but I have this vision of her as Ralphie's mom in, in Christmas Story. When when they say he's got a BB gun, and, like, in the, one of the visions, and she's like, no! <laughs> Not a BB gun! Like... Like, she's just, she walks in and she finds them under your bed or wherever your hiding place was. She's, no! Not the nipples! Not the the nipples! Or when uh, they call Schwartz's mom and tells Schwartz's mom (laughs) that he learned fudge from Schwartz. He's at, what, what, what? What? I, it, it wasn't too strict of a household, but, you know. <laughs> no garbage pill kids, no Beavis and Butthead, and I'm going to say no nipples. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster, as long as that gangster's smuggling him in some Predator 2 and Child's Played 2 comic books. So, so listen, did temptation, like, ever, like, I better go and find issue 2. I want to see how this ends. No. No. <laughs> I, was, I was satisfied with what so I had. So why didn't you just get rid of it? Because I... Paid money for it. <laughs> no, you did. Come on. Like, I can't get rid of it because I paid money for it. I wish I still had it too. 
But yes, I, I didn't get rid of it because I paid money for it. Also, dude, it it was like, it showed nipples, man. I'm not going to get rid of that. They may have been cartoon, but heck, it was a small child. It was exciting. Wow. All right. Well, I, I, I almost don't know where to go from here, but. Where are we at time-wise? I think have we reached capacity? Yeah, yet? We're we're at capacity. We're, right. we're touching it. So, uh, I felt we we should probably close this because we we enjoy several things that we discussed here, but there's probably some things that we missed that maybe didn't like fit our age group or listeners out there. Are, oh, I wish they'd talk about this. Well, we're not going to talk about that because your hobby sucked. They were the worst. Pogs. What the hell were pogs? They were just awful little pieces of cardboard. Never got into them. They sucked. I, I, I don't understand. I remember back in the day, they're like, oh, they came from Hawaii because Hawaii, they have some kind of cap on their milk or something to that effect. You know, pog in Hawaiian means G-H-N? piece of cardboard. That's <laughs> what so you get, Hawaii, for not downloading the Nostalgia Wax podcast. G-H-N? Your pizza, too. Wow. No, the pizza's good. Come on. You like pineapple on pizza? Uh, God, we're done. That's it. <laughs> Two episodes of this podcast, we're done. All right. Well, yeah, po- Pogs, Pokemon cards? Nope. Yu-Gi-Oh? Nope. 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 Never yeah. got into the Pokemon. Pokemon? So the only thing that was was good in life growing up were the things that we were enjoying. And if you weren't enjoying them along with us, apparently you You're served terrible. an evil master. You're a terrible human being. You know what? You probably listened to too much sports talk baseball cards and you you were <laughs> they, possessed. They deciphered the message. <laughs> Go seek help. So, yeah, again, we're at capacity. I think that's about as good a place to wrap it up as any. Excellent. Should uh, we, we should plug ourselves a little bit. How, how can people reach us? I don't know. Do we have a Facebook page? <laughs> we still yet? don't have a Facebook page. Let me tell you about Facebook and how ridiculous it is to start a page. I want to start a page that's simply the Nostalgia Wax podcast. No, I have to create a personal account first and switch it over. So when I tried to t- uh, create a personal page and put Nostalgia as the first name and Wax as the last, it said, can you please use a name that people call you by? So you know what our name is right now? No. Frosh Ballin. Frosh Ballin. Yep. Uh, so eventually Frosh Ballin will get... <laughs> this, this totally feels like a, a pseudonym that I should have used at some point in my life. Perhaps when I book travel next week. Damn! You, you hear that new Frosh, Frosh Ballin? Ballin? Hear that new frosh balling? Yeah. Me. So anyway, we'll work on the Facebook page. But until then, you can reach us on Twitter at Nostalgia Wax, right? Nostalgia underscore wax? Or are we at Nostalgia Wax? I think it's just Nostalgia Wax. Okay. You can reach us at Nostalgia Wax. You can email us at Nostalgia Wax. At Yahoo.com. Yeah. So Nostalgia Wax at Yahoo.com because Josh hates Gmail. He only knows how to use old Yahoo accounts. <laughs> So, so it's nostalgic. 
Hence the reason it's there. If I could have found an old MySpace page, we'd have done that because we'd have been up and running by now. (laughs) Well played, my friend. We would have had Tom as our friend and we'd have been all set. So, Tom. So, leave us uh, some comments on Twitter. Um, If you have something to say or there's any topics that uh, maybe you'd like to hear us discuss in the future, we'll entertain your ideas. Can't promise we'll get something on there. Leave us some feedback. Uh, Listen to us on iTunes and definitely rate us, uh, subscribe. Write a review. Write a review, yeah. Write a review. Tell us uh, what you liked about it. And you know what? If you write a review, guess what? Positive. You may get to guest on. Well, Jesus, man. I was going to say we may read it on there. You're inviting them over? Yeah, let's go. The more, the merrier. Can we establish ourselves as, uh, well, as, as yeah, a podcast we'll first? ourselves. <laughs> this is the franchise, baby. Come okay, on. so initially, we'll read your review, and then eventually, maybe we'll bring you on. If you have intelligent things to say, winty banter, uh, banter with us. Because we don't. Banter we with us on help. Twitter. Prove, prove your kung fu is greater than ours, and you will perhaps find yourself on a future episode of the Nostalgia Wax Podcast. So, until then, listeners, wax, wax off! off.